This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Now listening to Sweep the Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Mike, tonight's the first night in uh, a while of Sweep the Rack where I actually can talk a little bit about my bowling and me coming back. Jimmy, what's good, man? Um, so, yeah, I know we always talk about your league review and, and how things are going with you, but, Mike, I, I think I'm us. back. Dun, 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 dun. I'm back, Play that Rocky music, son. Let's go. Dude, Let's I go. missed the, the smell of a bowling back. alley. I missed the smell of a bowling alley, and I realized that when I walked into the bowling center last night. Um, but okay, so Saturday, um, and I'm not going to go too long, but Saturday, oh, um, you, I sir, went to sir. go as long as you want. <laughs> I, I appreciate you, Mike. Um, Saturday, I scheduled a, a time to go see uh, B3 performance in Tempe, Arizona. Um, if anybody doesn't know about B3 performance, picture a corporate park in Tempe and a, uh, a corporate like office turned into a training facility, four lanes, uh, a pro shop, a classroom for like training, TV, you know, seats almost looks exactly like a classroom would. The Bowen Center, the uh, four lanes are all string pin, Mike. Okay. Um, and they have the newest Kegel machine there. Um, yeah, uh, it'll, the sun will go down in a little bit, so don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I, that's how you know it's getting lighter out later, right? Because of uh, this, this show, and we start every, every week at the same time. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, they had 41 foot bare, uh, but before that, I had got refitted, so my hand changed. I haven't been refitted in over probably 10 years. Uh, you know, Mike Calderon, who used to be an EBI tour rep, who you know, is going to come on to the show. We're going to do an interview with him. He's got a lot of cool experiences. Um, he fit my hand and he realized that my pitch, my middle finger pitch was completely off. Uh, and it was preventing me from coming up the back of the ball, which I've been having problems. Long story short, he refit me. Uh, you know, I got on the lanes for an hour. I bowled on bear on the string pins. Mike, I've said on this show prior how I thought string pins would make scores higher. Let me tell you something. The string pins are completely and utterly impossible to strike on. Like, dude, the car- like if you didn't throw the ball really clean off your hand, Mike, you literally would flat 10, flat 6, uh, flat 4 pin. They were hard. On top of that being 41 feet and kind of flat, made for a really interesting practice session when you haven't thrown a ball in three and a half months. Um, so anyway, I practiced a little bit. I got the juices flowing, felt good for a little bit. Last 10 minutes, do some strikes, started to feel really good. 
Uh, and yeah, um, you know, that was my experience there. If anybody's in the West Coast area, B3 Performance has, they have a cat machine, you know, they have all the new technology, everything you could ask for in a training facility. Dude, the connection was impossible. Um, it was literally, you had to really come out of the bowl super clean and you had to strike. So here's an interesting tidbit. Wesley Lowe and Cortez Shank actually work at B3 Performance. So they're there every day. Wesley Lowe practices there on the string pins every day, right? Puts out anything he wants, right? He works there. When he bowls on tour, his pin action is a thousand times better. So his, it's like, I like compared it to like a baseball hitter swinging in a pool and your bat speed is really hard. But when you swing it without swinging it underwater, your bat speed is all of a sudden really fast. Dude, it's the same thing as practicing on pin on, on string pins. Um, the cool thing about it is every lane he has different ounce pins he put set up on each lane. He wanted to test how the different how the heavier pins would react on string pins, and it's a really interesting. He did a lot of like a lot of analysis and discussion, and he actually invited Chad Murphy out, who I don't think went to test out actually what the pins and the string pins actually look like. Um, yeah, basically no messengers with string pins. Uh, the scores would drop dramatically on house shots if they use string pins. Trust me, just from bowling on it. it, it you have to see it to believe it. It's hard. No messengers. Um, like just, just hard. Flat tens. A lot of flat tens. Is it legitimate? Like legitimate, where you could bowl like a high level PBA tournament on it, and um, yeah, like in your opinion, like is is are the string pins a legitimate way to play the game? Yes, yes, mm. yes. Interesting. Yes. Um, from what I saw, the hour that I practiced, I really had to throw the ball good to strike. And if I do it half fast, you know, sometimes you don't throw the ball really good and it's half fast and you, you might come around it a little bit. You might like air it a little bit um, on, on, on a pattern on the string pins. Dude, there was no way I was striking. It was flat 10. It was a flat like flat four, right? Coming in light. Like the pins weren't bouncing off the walls. And that was just on lane one. Now, keep in mind, it could be different on different bowling centers, whatnot. Um, but he was telling me how much lower maintenance and how many breakdowns he has on those string pins on a daily basis. He said that my breakdown I had that the strings got tangled was the first time that's happened in a week on four lanes, and they bowl every day there. And and so, how, how quick of a how quick of a fix is that? It was five minutes. Brandy, his wife, Brandy. If you don't remember, Brandy Wolf, his right. Brett Wolf's sister, is married to Mike. Um, Brandy fixed it herself and like literally like I waited probably five minutes for her to untangle it. Okay. Um, this is a good question. Let's answer this question from sure. Robert Hamilton. Robert, thanks for the email too, bro. Uh, how do you think the PBA would feel if they ever decided to go to a center that has string pins and would the players go or would they decline that stop? I mean, not to say that they necessarily have a choice, but I guess a better way to phrase that question would be, do you think we'd see a lot of complaining from the players? No, I think it's really once you you have to really try it to understand what I'm talking about. Because you think of string pins, you think of like carnival type shit. Um, 
really it, it, the, the way the pins reacted and moved you really had to be really clean off your hand mike the, the scores would dr drop dramatically in my opinion and you know on a house shot it could be different because the house shot you consistently your ball is hitting harder on a house shot right sure. um you know i was bowling on a, a 41 foot flat where my ball was burning up quicker so i also could have had not the greatest reaction okay because i was only using one ball and it was a ball from like seven years ago that I just drilled. So essentially I didn't have the greatest reaction. Now I, I would like to bowl on that with a, maybe a fresh new cover with a fresh house shot. And then I could kind of give a, a better example on how it would look on a league or house shot. But as for like a pattern, um, it, it, they were all really hard. Um, so uh, it's definitely interesting to, to do it. And Mike, I really urge you if you ever find a place that does it to try it and see for yourself. Um, but I really think that I'm not saying that's the future of the sport because I don't think that's where it should go. But I think more bowling centers um, are going to look into doing string pin because of the lower maintenance and the less breakdowns that they have. And, uh, you know, this is coming from Mike. And when we have Calderon on the show, which I'll, I'll, I'll schedule sometime soon, we could talk to him more about that aspect of it. He's got so many interesting points and facts that was definitely cool. Um, yeah, Anthony saying that Nebraska has string pins in their center, and obviously they're really successful. Uh, Jason commenting, my town just opened a new center with string pins, and striking was way easier. It took nothing to knock them over. All right, so that's an interesting contrast. So, yeah, it could go both ways, honestly, because I was bowling on a hard shot, okay, and my ball was burning up a little bit too. It wasn't the greatest reaction. I knew that, whatever. I was I was bowling more for fit and to keep my feet under me. So real, real quick but, before but we get what, but what you're really saying here, to be clear, because you you slipped this in, and I wanna I wanna clarify, what you're really saying here is that you went to the training center to get a new fit, but drilled a ball that's seven years old. Yes. Yeah, because it was I had the blanks in my closet. I wasn't using them. But it's seven years old. I mean. Yeah. You know. I've been at choice, the original choice. Oh, that's not even. That's not even a ball that that anyone would deem something that needs to be around seven years later. Now, if you would have said like a game breaker, perhaps, all right, I'm not going to hate on you for that. Or maybe like a, um, a venom shock. Talk about that a little bit later. Uh, you know, that, that I wouldn't hate on you for, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I've, I've made, you should have just, you should have just sprung for a new rock. No, because I have blanks, but I was getting refitted. So why am I going to buy a brand new ball or get a brand new ball that's updated, modernized, when I don't even know if I'm going to like the fit? And then what, I got to replug it? Well, because, you you know, I'd be confident I'm going to like the fit. No, I wanted to test like it out. Fit. It was a ball for me to test, but it's also a practice ball for me too. So when okay. I go to the bowling center, like keep in mind, last night I decided I was going to go to Bolero here in uh, Scottsdale um, after work. I tweeted this. 575 a game, okay? Not the greatest. Dude, the bowling center looked like it hasn't put a dollar into it in years. Um, but the house shot, Mike, so easy. That same Ebonite choice you talked about that I bowled, I was keeping score 725 with an Ebonite choice on a house shot. Dude, Mike, I was all over the place. I couldn't keep my feet under me. My hands around it, my elbows here, all kinds of crap. Didn't matter what I did. I missed right, I struck. I missed left, I struck. 
But very easy. I mean, space. yeah. So I signed up for a tournament in two weeks uh, here. <laughs> it's a sport tournament. I'm not sure. It's a, a complete bowling event. All the big, the big Arizona scorers, shot people will be there. Uh, but there's a tournament that they're taking signups already in September. Okay. That they're already taking signups that are probably going to fill up pretty quick. That I sent my entry in. First place, ten grand, um, two hundred seventy-five dollar entry. It's like a, you know a big tournament where they take the top big match play, uh, two-day tournament. It's actually, I believe, it's probably going to be opening weekend of the NFL because it's like September eleventh weekend. So I, I, you look, I'll miss opening day of NFL if um, if I'm going to be bowling for ten grand. You know what I mean? Uh, I decided I'm probably going to be bo- drilling up a uh, Wolverine. I think it's a global 900. I'm going to drill up a uh, reality. All staff. Yes. All staff. I'm, going, I'm going to drill up a um, uh, probably the new Stormball, the Nova. And I probably will drill up a pink uh, urethane. Um, I still have my OG purple hammer that I probably will use. But yeah, I might drill up something else too. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah. Mike, love to be back. Smelling the bowling center was amazing. Walking in, just being there, thinking about probably joining the league here in the next probably summer or spring or whatever, and kind of go from there. So that's enough. I know I've been talking a lot. I want to hear about your league review. Oh man, you uh, gave me so much. Like, here's where I'd like to start after after your uh, you know your your piece. I already there. have a Zen. I already have one. I already have a phase two. Okay. Go ahead, Mike. I'd like to talk about Bolero centers. Okay. Because my beef with the Bolero centers that I bowl in isn't so much the 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 remodeling of the center. In fact, any Bolero center I go into around here has been remodeled to the to the tenth degree. I mean the, the center I bowl league in, like it used to be a very awkwardly designed center with the bar sectioned off from everything else. And it wasn't very, and they just opened it all up and put TVs in and redid everything. And it looks great. You know, my issue is that there's really no, no level of care for the center, right? Like the one I'm in. Yeah. There's really no level of care. Like I went in, I think two weeks ago or maybe this week and it literally looked like there was brine on the on the floor you know from like salt on the on the outside and whatnot and i just thought you know like how hard is it before you have league bowlers coming in for the night to just you know make sure that the floors are cleaned up real quick and you know Mike, I, let me I, tell I you mean, real the, quick the, the the service there seems seems lacking to me lately like uh i'll be i'll be honest like I get a soda when I go in the bowl, and it's free refills, right? And the cup is rather small. They only have one size drink at the place I bowl, and the cup is rather small. So I'm, I'm, I go for a few refills throughout the night. Rob, I don't even wait for the person behind the snack bar to come and give me a refill. I just reach around and wheeze the juice, and just, and just get my own refill because, like, that's that's Dude. how it is at at these centers, and the price is a premium, you know, and it's really tough to get a lane. Uh, at 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 a decent time or situation to practice, you know. Uh, Robert in the chat is mentioning how the Bolero Center around him doesn't open till four. A lot of them are the same way around here. As soon as they open, they start cosmic. So it it's just tough. It it's really tough. is. Here's the thing: is I was bowling right about an hour before the league was coming on. So they have a big Tuesday night league. Um, there was no handles on the faucet in this in the bathroom. 
The paper towels were out of the dispenser. The bowling balls were my brand new ball that I just drilled was literally looked like it. Now it has 40 games on it. It came back dirty as hell. Um, but hey, to their to their at least I got the ball on some fresh oil. My 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 I was scared that I was gonna go there and I was gonna bowl on some like three-day-old like birthday party bullshit and at least they had some carry down, but that facility is an older place. The lane surface is not great. It's hard to strike when there's patterns out. Um, is it yeah, worse? I, somebody in the chat commenting can't be worse than Maple Lanes, Rob. Dude, Gil Hodges Lanes was worse than Maple Lanes, but they um, look. You, you'll never be able to talk about how bad bowling centers are until you grew up bowling in Brooklyn. Um, you could fit quarters between the boards on the heads. They wouldn't strip for like a week or two. I mean, this is the shit that we grew up bowling on. Yeah, but don't so, but don't you think that that now with the with the advent of synthetic lanes and the installation of synthetic lanes in the vast majority of places, and and the technological advancements in the in the oiling machines and the and the advancement of the knowledge of these things and the importance of these things, don't don't you think that they should still be doing a better job even given the history of some of these places dude of course and that's the thing is i went from b3 performance and this like top-notch facility to go in a bolero and practicing so it's just like as a competitive bowler i paid 1750 mike for three games when i could pay a decent a little bit more and bowl there for an hour on a pattern and have a top-notch facility with no kids nothing you're you're there by yourself technically bowling for an hour. Mike, that's your dream to be able to go there and be able to put a pattern out, bowl with nobody bothering you, you yeah. know, and just be able to put your headphones yeah. in or whatever and practice, like, you know, and and not strike every shot. So that's how you practice is by not striking. Yeah, I go so to bowl- I, I've, I've been going to uh, Howl Lanes lately on Saturday mornings. They open at 9 o'clock. I'm there at 8.55. I go in, they have two pairs, one and two and three and four. Both one has a short pattern, one has a long pattern. It's not that expensive. It, it's may I'm not a you know, I told them I'm not a league bowler there, I'm not a regular there. It's it's maybe four bucks a game, five bucks a game at the most. Okay. And there's usually me and one other person there. There's never been more than two people on the two pairs. And yeah, like you said, it's just it's awesome. You know, it's well worth it. Like the one week, I even bought the lady who works at the at this at the desk and the guy who does the lanes lunch. I left a, an extra fifty and said, you know, here get lunch on me because I just appreciate them doing it and I appreciate right. having the opportunity yeah. to go in and practice sure. in an environment like that and like not be bothered and 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 even something as simple as not having to tell them how many games I'm going to bowl before I bowl. You know, like if I decide I want to bowl an extra game, I don't have to walk back up. I just bowl so, another game. Here's the funny thing is um, that Mike was telling me that they used to run uh, um, every Saturday night. They used to run pot games at, in his facility. And you're going to love this. Uh, they used to run pot games and they used to put out any pattern that people wanted to practice. They used to get pizza, bring it in. I was like, Mike, you got to bring that back now. Like the collar on that, that has to come back now that I'm bowling. But he, he had a funny story that he told me where 
some people were calling some other people out, like I guess in the areas of Arizona, there's different areas. Like the one area was calling out the other area, and Calderon was like, Yo, I'll put out any pattern you want. You come here, you can bowl for as much as you want, whatever. And these people they, they didn't want any part of it. Okay. Um, you know, because they're big talks until you tell them we're gonna put out bear or, or, or some kind of pattern, right? And then nobody wants the bowl, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right though, they should be. Bolero, right? For me to practice on Bolero to pay $17 to bowl $720 and not throw the ball good and strike and you're terrible, right? Bowling on a pattern and string pins. And Dave Picow, you asked, does string pins bother me? String pins would bother me if I was bowling in a tournament and I was trying to score, okay? Because it would bother me that the fact that I couldn't strike when I threw the ball half fast. For practice, it's the best because you know that when if you struck, you threw the ball really well, and you the result matches, you know your process. Um, you're not, you know, a lot of people have these problems, and I'm sure everybody does. Where you go and you bowl league, and you put the score up, and not league. I'm sorry, you go practice at your house, right? And you put the score up, and you bowl three games, and you bowl seven fifty, okay? And you leave there going, oh, well, I bowled seven fifty. I must be throwing the ball really well, right? In reality, you're not because the lanes are so easy. Physically, you think you're throwing it good because you're striking. But in reality, you're not because it's the, the shot is making up for your bad shots, okay? Yeah, it's funny. Like, <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Sorry, Rob. I didn't mean to cut well, you off. So I'm going to say, like, this is something I know you'll, you'll agree with me on because the fact where when you're practicing, you want to not only – you want to, like, make – you want to feel the great shots and you want to recoup. You want to recoup. You want to um, duplicate the great shots. But if you throw a bad shot and you strike to a, an average bowler, the 160, 170, 150 bowler, you struck, you think that was a good shot. But in reality, if it was on a sport pattern and you, pra and you practice and you threw the same shot, you probably wouldn't strike. 150, so, 160, 170. All I'm saying. 220, 230, 240. All I'm saying, yeah, about, I know. Awesome. But all I'm saying is like practicing on a sport shot is so valuable to get better as a bowler compared to bowling it's on invaluable. a high shot. It's invaluable. It's, an hour on a sport pattern is is amazing on how good you will get really fast in, 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 in comparing it, it, a bowling on a high shot. Really so anyway, is. so that's like yeah, shout to Howlane, shout to Howlane's Billy Punch. I agree. Yeah. Um now, now, you, now you made me forget what I was – oh, here's what I was going to say. I went to Hal Lane to practice Saturday. Rob, there happens to be a guy, young guy, practicing next to me, and he comes down, and he asked me about the patterns. And I said, well, I don't know what patterns they are. It's just short and long. So the guy doing the lanes walks by, and I'm like, hey, Mike, what, what patterns are these? And he said, oh, it's wolf was the short and shark mm. was the long. So Ooh, I told him I, – I, yeah, OG, I told the him, OG I, 44 foot. Yeah, I told the uh, – the kid, yeah, so this is Shark, it's long, and, and he breaks out a double cross, radical double cross, urethane ball to use. Yeah. And and I, listen, this is just the way I am. Like, I, I, I want to help people. I want to be informative. I want to have coach conversations. Mike. I want to have conversations with people about the bowling thing, right? So, right. I, you know, so I see him with the urethane, and I told him, I said, listen, man, I said, I don't know how experienced you are on this or whatever. I said, but this ball really isn't meant to be used on on something like this that you're going to bowl on right now. The long, anyway. I said, if you want to use that ball, you should. You know, you can go over to the short 
and you'll have a much better idea of, of how to use that ball or what the purpose of it is for. And he's like, oh, really? He's like, I just drilled this ball, and I, and I really wanted to use it. I said, well, listen, you do what you want. I said, I'm just telling you that you know, don't get frustrated because this ball probably isn't going to do much on this, sure, on this lane condition. No and, way. You know, he was a two-hander, and he yeah. goes up, and he, you know, he throws it. 50 miles an hour down the lane. Yeah, pick three picks up the three, left. Picks three. Oh, picks three, percent. right? Okay. So, like, uh, after a few shots, he comes back and he's like, yeah, that, that ball's really not doing anything. And I'm I was sure. like, yeah, all right. I said, you know, what else do you have? He saw I had this and that. I forget what balls he had. So he started using another one, then hooked. Then he saw me using an Aberlon pad. He's like, oh, can I use that? I said, yeah, you can use it. So he sanded the ball down. Then it starts to hook a little bit. I said, oh, there you go. You know, so we're talking a little bit as we're bowling and practicing. Not much, just a little here and there. And uh, he's 225, all right, league bowler in this house. And the one thing he said to me that I want to share with, with you guys here is he was like, yo, this is, this is absolutely humbling. He's like, this is absolutely humbling. He's like, I actually have like a pretty big ego about my bowling. He's like, and I have to say, like, bowling on this just for a few games will absolutely destroy your ego. And I told him, I said, and my man, that's why bowling's in the position that it's in. 100%. I said, because there's there's too many egos and there's not enough, uh, you know, there's not enough people willing to take the challenge and admit that, you know, perhaps this ego that I've built is is not what I, I really think it is. Right. Remember- so. Mike, I'm not going to get on my soapbox, people. All so, right? I'm not going to get me, on my soapbox. Yeah, I got Bob, Bob Moran in chat. Greg Tack tournament Saturday. Yo, I'm hype. I'll be there. South Jersey. I'm going to Jug Handle for wings afterwards if anybody wants to join me. Best wing joint in New Jersey. Mike. Probably best wing joint in the East Coast, maybe. I'm Mike, going there after. Do you remember, Greg do you remember the first? Saturday. Yeah, Rob. Now, real quick, we're going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. Do you remember the first tournament you bowled? that really humbled you that you left that bowling center where you were like, man, I'm not as good as I think I was. Yeah. Like I, yeah. It there's was two tournaments. Listen, two tournaments. I remember specifically Stonehenge teen masters the year bill led. Ohio. Remember that? Yeah. Ohio where bill was like a hundred under for like 15 games and he led the tournament. Oh, um, Dan's what's Levy. good, son? What up, man? What's good? Yo, surprise appearance. Yo, I missed you at the Borgata a couple weekends ago. We should link up, son. What's good? Um, Team Masters, right? And I think it was 97 or 98, right? Team Masters. Dude, but really, Why? you want to know what we want to know really humbling experience. And and I know Dunleavy will probably uh, he'll agree with me. The early high rollers of the castaways. Okay, this was the short before anybody knew what the short was. Okay, before purple urethanes and 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 you know being able to play off the gut of cheetah. When you got on a short and you move left, it hooked more. Yeah, and then you move left more, and it hooked more. Yeah, and then you lofted it more and threw it and harder. Then, and then you really had to stand in the left gutter, throw it to the right gutter, and not make, and let the ball not read the first forty feet of the lane. Yeah, and there was only a few people, it. and yeah. there was only a few people that could do it. Great. Like Brian Kretzer, Mike Machuga, Tim Mack. These were the guys that were running over the high roller because they could do that. Dude, do you want to talk humbling? Losing like five grand your first trip to the high roller obviously wasn't my money. But losing five grand your first trip when you think you're a 17-year-old phenom who's going to be the next Pete Weber or, you know, and then you take a bath like that. Showboat, right? Castaway showboat. You want to talk humbling? 
anybody who bowled that tournament at that high roller left there humbled, humbled, Mike. And used yeah, to be I, for a lot of to money. To be honest too. with you, I, I didn't. The first time I went to the high roller, I, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't bowl all that great. I think I might have cashed in one sweeper. Uh, I, I didn't really feel that intimidated or humbled. I because I, but at that time, I had some real experience bowling on tougher stuff. So I was like, all right, I, I, I know what to expect here. I had some knowledge of, of Mike, what to do. I did too, though. And you know what the funny thing was? And I remember this story like it was yesterday. I you, When I bowled and I was bowling, I had all these balls drilled for like these, you know, uh, like high school tournaments, right? When I first went adult and you go out there, right? And you think you had all these ball junior tournaments and all these stupid layouts that were just basic shit. And then you have a tour rep lay you out a bowling ball. Right. And they put the pin under the middle finger and they put a hole in the side of it. And you look at this ball and you're going, the hell is this? The pin is below my middle finger. I have no idea. And then all of a sudden your ball gives you five boards more than normal. Then you And you're like, man, wow, the layout of the bowling ball and the bowling ball I'm using is so important. Louis, exactly. Luigi took that five grand. Um, yeah, so, dude, JD so- knows about any of that, all that. And, and yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Team honestly, challenges were real unfortunately, humbling. Unfortunately, didn't didn't get the chance to bowl those. That was a little before my time. But um, no, in terms of the high roller, I remember being intimidated in the sense that there were guys who were bowling a squad just to see what they were like, and I was bowling the squad, and that was going to be maybe the only squad I got to bowl in that event yeah, because of yeah. money. I remember being intimidated in that way. I remember being intimidated by the fact that that was the first time I had bowled in a tournament where guys were drilling balls just to throw in that tournament. And I didn't have the money to drill balls, and I didn't have the connection to get any To get a tour rep ball. Me neither. Me neither. I remember being very, very, like, uh, humbled and intimidated. Like, oh, shit. Like, like, I'm kind of over my head here a little bit. But – let me well, answer diff- your question, though, Rob, because I, I have a really interesting take on that question of, like, what's the first time I was humbled? And growing up in Philly, we bowled on almost exclusively wood lanes. Right. And when I yep. started to go out to Levittown, where Bill and Joe bowled, mm-hmm. and when I started to go out to some JBTs out in Pennsylvania, like Suburban Bowlerama and some of the centers out in York, and I encountered uh, – uh, synthetic lanes for the first time my god my it was like what is going on out here like i was super humbled by that okay so that was one time another time there was a bunch of team challenges man we had brutal fucking the the youth masters okay definitely the youth masters and uh yeah other than those two nothing really sticks out to me in terms of like being humbled but um those are that youth masters was something else. What uh, what so, comment do we have from your brother here? He said, Rob, Rob do you remember, do you remember the, world, the world team challenge at Carolier when we bowled with Fagan, Rudish, and Lang, where we all were throwing seventh arrow plastic the last game, dude? I remember wanting to leave there and just never wanting to bowl ever again after that. Um, here's the thing though you talk about getting bowling, getting free balls during the tournament, okay. Bill O'Neill was a, when he was when we traveled together during the high roller days. This kid was one of the best, you know, college bowlers, you know, really, you know, outstanding high school bowler, right? And he couldn't get a free bowling ball. Okay, this is how t- 
tight the tour reps were about giving free balls. And that's why I think we always talk about patch pirates and, and we always laugh about it because I think we we're still in that old school mentality that it was impossible to get free balls back then. You really had to know somebody um, to, or be somebody to get a free ball back those days. Um, but on the other hand, nowadays, these juniors are on staff. They're getting free this. They're getting free that. They're getting all kinds of stuff because we're in that old school mentality where we, we earned – you had to earn your way to that free bowling ball. And I feel like that's the reason why maybe we're so against, like, the patch pirates and the people getting the free balls, right? And, Rob, tell me if I'm wrong, but Jimmy Callahan, who's now a storm rep, yeah. was the guy who ran the shop at the main bowling center out there. Yes. And um, I remember yes. that. And, yes. you know, you're right about what you're saying, and it was really tough to, like, to, to get an in there. And I remember Andrew Kane drilling a plastic ball a certain way and coming out. Yeah, and clear wolf. sweeper. Yeah, clear yeah, wolf. Yeah, it was a clear wolf. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I remember certain things about that experience where I was like, oh, wow, I'm in, a, I'm in, I'm in over my head a little bit here. Oh, in over your head. Yeah, but I, you I, know I showed – I showed up with my six bowling balls that I use at home and, you know, guys are showing up with two bowling balls and drilling four. And, you know, I only have a few grand here to bowl and guys are bowling six squads in a day. And I'm not bowling six squads across all three events that I'm here for. So yeah, in that sense, yes, I agree. Dude, I, I remember I, we're real quick though. I remember one of the tour reps at the high roller was Chad Murphy. Uh, he was a Columbia okay. 300 tour rep. And I remember um, it, it was really intimidating to try to go over to him and ask him for a free bowling ball when you're 18, 19, 20 years old and you haven't done anything yet in the sport. Uh, but, you know, you, you had to, like, kind of inch your way over there, but you still weren't getting anything. Anyway. Well, I, I also think, like, that was before the cat was out of the bag about how important that stuff was. Oh, it right? was such like, an advantage. It was a yeah, huge advantage. Like, you had to but, we, but I don't think – at that time, we completely or truly understood how much of an advantage it was. Now, until you drill every, the ball that right. a, a tour rep laid you out. Now everybody does, right? And Mike. it's kind of like, well, you know, if you're competing at that level, you you don't even really want to go and compete unless you have access to what everybody else has access to, because you, you're really not going to be on that much of an even playing field. Any success I've ever had at the high roller, like I won a, 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 the major uh, sweeper at the Super Hoinky, was a ball Mo Pinnell drilled for me the day before. The year I went to the top 45 in the high roller when it was 100 grand was a ball that was laid out for me that week. Anytime I've ever had success bowling at the high rollers or the mega bucks um, were balls that tour reps laid out for me while I was there that week. That's how important I I, I my brother would go out there with two bowling balls and he'd have four or five blanks with him and he would go and have the tour ups lay him out while he was there. I mean, literally, it was that important. But, Mike, we could talk hours. I love getting God. into the old school conversations because we don't have them anymore about the good old days, right? But anyway, enough about that. We, you league review, let's hear it. And then this we're going to go through the US Open. Here for. Let's see how this is what the people come for. League review, 575 on the short. Uh, I miss. I'm not gonna lie. I miss seventy spares, seventy pins worth of makeables. God, are you gonna practice your spares? You go I to do. Yo, what are you Rob, doing? It, yo, it's crazy. I said last night I was super fucked. Cause like when I'm not striking, my spare shooting is amazing. But when I can strike and I feel confident, in my look, my spare shooting's terrible. 
at the Greg Tack event a few weeks ago, I cashed because I made every spare the last two games and stayed in it and grinded it out. And I kept, yo, I missed a nine pin. No, yeah, a nine pin. Spare shooter award. A two pin, two ten pins, two ten pins, and two buckets. Okay. Sounds like it's a mental thing. No, it's totally physical. It's me. Yo, the nine pin, I got so pissed off because it was the second nine pin I left that Uh, game. I told you it was mental. And I just went up and (laughs) threw it. Okay. I I know you just said it wasn't mental. And then and then uh the one the the one the one ten pin I stuck. And that's why I missed it. I almost uh, fell down, so I wasn't surprised that one. And yeah, I mean, I know the bucket isn't like isn't like the easiest spare, but I expect to make the bucket. So, you know, I my spare shooting was atrocious, but I shot seven five seventy five, uh, one one eighty one ninety two oh five. Decent night, yeah, bad. decent night. I, I, like I used your thing to start, and I probably should have got out of it earlier or. Uh, switch balls and it may, maybe even to well, start no. because in in the in the middle of the game the whole game I couldn't stay slow enough and then the middle of the game I slowed down just enough where I went like trip two pin trip seven like light scramble four pin for three in a row and then on the next two shots I went two pin miss it two ten in the tenth in the first the one thing game. good about the one thing good about using urethane is urethane really tells you pretty quickly. When it, it's gone, you you know in a in a pretty quick way that the reaction is kind of lost. Um, you know, if you see yourself missing right and you're two eight tending and you're missing left and you're going through the nose, you kind of know it's time to switch. See, for me, it's, it, it's usually me. I don't I don't know the name of the pattern, but it was short. Um, I I, I just always am trying to convince myself with your thing that. I can slow down enough. Just slow down a little more on the next one. Slow down a little more, and the ball tip up. And occasionally I can get that slow, but, yeah, then the next one I throw fast, and that's it. Bill in the chat is saying, Mike, were you using your ball for those spares or your opponents? <laughs> no, sadly, Bill, I was using mine. But you the make fans never forget, point. Mike. The fans might, never forget. It might be time for a new spare ball. It really it might sounds be time that way. For a new sounds like ball. it might be. New, yeah, sounds. It might want to drill two spare balls. Yeah. So uh, overall, right. overall, I wasn't Not like bad. I wasn't terrible, but Not I wasn't bad. great. I'm bowling Not Greg bad. Tax event on Saturday down in South Jersey. What is he putting Deptford. out? Uh, he's putting out something medium. Some I think it said shit. thirty-eight to forty-one feet with a two-to-one ratio. And oh I forget how many mills, but yeah, they're they're going to be luck. somewhat tough. Uh, I'm familiar with the center we're bowling in, though. It's kind of in the area that I grew up, so I'm I'm going to take the ride down. It's a seven game marathon, so I'm going to bowl that. Check that out. I'm going for back to back caches in his events. That would be amazing if I could bowl good enough to cash again. Um, yeah, it, but it, Mr. X, can I talk about Mr. X for a second? Again, sure. who quit? Who quit my team, but then rejoined the league with another team? Mr. X's team is in trouble. They're, they're in hurting. trouble. Yeah, they're hurting. They're hurting. They, they, the rumor is they might be in a battle for last place next week in position week. Maybe uh, we should change his name to Mr. Open. It was it was it was a rough week. It was a rough been a rough two weeks for them. So uh we went seven and two last night. We had a sub who bowled great. Shout to Big J. Uh 
sub bold great. We went seven and two. I gagged the first game away by opening the ninth and tenth, and we only lost by single digit pins. And uh, Mr. yes, X. exactly, exactly. People love Mr. it. X, People yes. love it. So uh, yeah, listen, league is good. League is fun, especially on the sport. I encourage all you guys to check it out and try it. It, it is awesome. It is very challenging. Uh, do you see how Rob? was the bowling this weekend and he got bit by the bug of sport and now he's out here preaching about practicing on sport you see how you know you get bit by that bug well i like so, mike i i look i know how to get better and how to get better quick and that's the way you get better and you get better quit so peek out let's talk did mr x quit the other team all right not yet however they, they didn't get swept last night they went two and seven i felt as if they got swept quitting was going to be back on the table so I'm thinking, I'm thinking like one, maybe two more weeks. If things don't go well, you know, this, this is, this is something that will likely come up. Okay. We'll keep us posted on Mr. X. I'm sure everybody is wondering that. I will. Everybody. I will. All right, Rob, we, we have, US we have actual real bowling to get to other than we our do. nonsense. Not, not our, it was, US not our Open week. it was what some people call the best week in bowling. Not what I call the best week in bowling, but what like some people Open call week. the best week in bowling. It was a great week. It was a great week. Uh, shout to Bowl TV. Shout to Bowl TV. Nice job covering the event. Plenty of pairs in play. Camera quality was pretty good. It's always good. I didn't listen to much of the commentating, I'll be honest. I heard a lot of talk about the Bowl TV chat. It seemed lit in the Bowl TV chat. So I don't know. Like, I encourage, again, the bowling community, the higher-level bowling community, to come together and to try and get a home for bowling on the Internet together. USBC, PBA, PWBA, college bowling, junior gold. Whatever. Get a home for bowling on the Internet, all right? Come on. Get it done, okay? U.S. Open Week, Rob. Uh, we're going to give our rundown. You ready to go through our rundown? I'm ready to roll. Guys, are you playing along with with us at home? We got, we got our categories to go home? through. All, All right. right. Let's, so let's let's can we do run the ladder last? You want to do run the sure. ladder last? You want to no, do No, I think I, I want to do first because I like our, our other categories. All right, All right. let's do it first. Let's do it first. We're gonna run the ladder here. Run the ladder is where we review the step ladder match for match. Rob, first match. Jason Belmonte defeats Jake Peters 246 <laughs> to 198. Uh, thoughts from the match, uh, Jake uh Belmo Pe- serial killer, serial killer, pitch serial black, killer, pitch black, thing, deadly slow, nightmare. Shout to Jake Peters, shout great, to great, Jake Peters, great, been bowling really well, been having you know, well bowling really well. I can't, can't imagine being in the guy's shoes, quite honestly. Um, yeah. so it was a pretty one sided match, yes, it was a one sided match. Jake, Jake did not put on his best performance. He didn't seem real comfortable from the get-go. And tough. listen, that's what Belmo does. He makes you know he makes you uncomfortable. All right, second match, Rob. Belmo goes ahead to advance and then bowls uh, the number three seed, A.J. Johnson, wins in a, a really close match, 221 to 212. Um, Belmo um, got up in the 10th frame and threw the first strike to win that match. Uh, shouts to A.J., uh, put on a really good match. Uh, felt like he could have won. Uh, but you know the Belmo curse, Mike. It feels like every, every time Belmo got up and gave a chance, uh, you know, for, for, to uh, let AJ back in the match, AJ would then give it back to Belmonte. It was pretty standard for a Jason Belmonte match. 
AJ never got comfortable. First few shots were like out the window, sort of. Tough. It's tough. And it was over under the whole game. And it wasn't real consistent. And the Belmo even, boom. Yeah, even though, yeah, Nico oh. asking, did we see who won tonight? Stick around, stick around, and we will uh we'll discuss that a little bit. Um AJ never got comfortable. AJ never had that great of a look. And he made it a match, know? though. In the middle of the match, he got he started he, to throw he some did. He threw together. a few good shots. And, and and I think Belmo, you know, he 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 took his foot off the pedal a little bit there in that match because I think he sensed that AJ Johnson really didn't have it. So yeah, Belmo, again, your thing. All right. Then we go to the penultimate match here, Rob. Yeah, this was the match of the night. Um, Belmo bowled Anthony Simonson in a low-scoring affair, Mike, an absolute grind. Uh, Belmo decides to switch out of the urethane and go to a Global 900 Wolverine. Anthony Simo also started with a Global 900 Wolverine. Uh, to me, uh, the the story, this was the, the match of the night. This was the story of the night. I've said this multiple times when we were doing live commentary. I'm not sure why Belmo switched out of the urethane. Uh, seemed like the, the the tour reps for Storm and Roto, whoever, were seeing the pattern differently than what I was seeing it. And obviously, they're the pros and I'm not. To me, Belmo ended up losing the match 168 to 180. Belmo got up in the 10th frame, could have struck out to beat Anthony Simonson by a pin and threw it out the window, uh, missed the head pin, which was a shock or surprise. To me, surprise of the night that he didn't at least hit the pocket. Um, I do feel like, though, Belmo should have at least started with the urethane, gave it a two or three shots to see like what his look was, and then maybe switch into a, a performance and move left. Because, Mike, he just came off a 240 and a 220. So, I mean, yeah, the urethane could go away really easy, but I feel like he could have probably pulled this match out if he would have stayed with a urethane. Hindsight's 2020, though, Mike. Robert, I'll come back to your comment in a second. Rob, I think we both know, and we discussed this on the live broadcast, that there's some strategy always involved in what's going on out there, right? We know this. Sure. There's a lot of strategy going on behind the scenes that, that that the fans aren't necessarily privy to, okay? I think part of that strategy, I don't think it's going too far to say that, and I'm going to say two things here. I don't think it's going too far to say that part of that strategy on one side is to kind of get have an idea of what it's going to take to beat your opponent score-wise. You agree, Rob? Yeah, I, I do feel like you can't really bowl based on what you think your opponent's going to do. You have to bowl on based on what's in front of you and what your reaction you feel like is going to be. You have to assume Simon's going to shoot a big game, right? Like Right, so, so again, like I think that goes into it. The other factor that goes into it is, you know, well, well what's the transition of the lanes going to be like going forward? You know, these guys are always thinking a couple steps ahead, right? So I think I think that those two things may have played into to Belmo's decision here. And he's Belmo. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and and critique his decision or question it. I'm gonna assume I will. That he, if if he I will. made that decision that he felt that it was the best decision at that time. Hindsight, Dude. he may feel differently about that. Nonetheless, yeah, but that's what I, we do though, Mike. Like we, we should we should question his decision, regardless if he is the best in the world or the GOAT. Because in my opinion, and I will stick to this, he made the wrong decision. He admitted it, I believe, on social media after he said that he got that, a little bit too intelligent for his own, you know, he overthought it probably. And, and I agree with you, and you're talking in hindsight after the after the fact. And I, I, I agree with you that after the fact, we can sit here and critique his decision. 
I'm talking more about his decision in the time mo- in that moment, in that time period. Right, like, like when that decision was made, if he felt that was the right decision, I'm not, I'm not going to tell him it was the wrong decision at that time. You know, no. I'm sure he had a lot of input and reasons that went into making that decision. Clearly, it didn't turn out to be the right decision, but no. at that time, I'm sure he felt a, a strong level of, of conviction about what he was doing out there. Um, back to Robert Hamilton's comment: Simo makes the ball change in the ninth to the reality, much the, and it just looks much smoother. And it, it was does. the difference in the match. I got into a little bit of a disagreement on Twitter with Jeff Rickles today. Shocking that me and Jeff Rickles would get into a disagreement on Twitter. But uh, I I said on Twitter after the show that I, I hadn't seen a ball change like that uh, since Tony Lacaz won a title on a ball change. going. Well, into Pete Weber switched that frantic, remember, when he won that U.S. Open. But it wasn't as late. Right, that was more a middle of the game ball change, right? Late, I'm late saying the, late, yeah. late in the game, late in the game, you're going to commit to something new, right? And uh, Rickles came back at me and said, "Oh, well, Belmo just did that last week at the players. You weren't paying attention." So I went back and I watched the show, and that's that. To me, that's not really what happened. Belmo threw that specter earlier in the show for a significant amount of time. Then he switched to the trend too. Then he went back to the specter in the tenth frame because he didn't trust the trend too. So to throw a ball that you already threw in competition for a score right. on the same pair right. during the show is not a right. risk. That's not as big a risk. That in fact, I don't even think it's a risk. I think that's the safe play. You're you, by by switching to the specter, he's taking the risk out of throwing a trend too that he's not hundred percent confident in. Okay, so right. I was frustrated by that conversation on Twitter, and I, I stand by what I said. Simo's ball change. I don't care if he threw it in practice or not. It's practice. He didn't use that ball for any shots in the competition. No. So it, to it, switch to that ball at that time and to have things cha- turn out the way it turned out, that's a super ballsy move. That's a super ballsy move. And it worked yeah, out for him. It was. You know? It was and, ballsy and I haven't steel, seen, bro. I haven't seen something like that with that same timing since Tony Lacaz got up and switched balls and, and, and threw three in the tenth for a title a while back. Shout dude, to Tony Lacaz. Dude, Simo, man, ninth frame of the US Open to get to the match. You're 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 literally like in a close match, and he pulls out the reality in the ninth, flat tens, and then strikes out to force Belmo, who didn't make the ball switch and ended up losing. So yeah. hey. But Simo has had a, a history of having balls of steel. That kid has no that kid has literally the most moxie on tour. He will do anything to win. He will play him differently. He is not going to. Yo, like, he ain't stay, scared. He ain't, he ain't scared, scared at all. He ain't scared to make decisions and and do and be creative, right? Unconventional. Makes, unconventional. unconventional. Creative, 100%. yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, so Rob. Final. final. Uh, in, a one, disappointing, in a one-sided. Disappointing. Disappointing anti-climactic. final. Yeah, Simo. final. Anthony Simonson defeats EJ Tackett, 232 to 165. This was a blowout from the get-go, Mike. There was no doubt about it. This this match wasn't close. Um, EJ just still doesn't look comfortable on TV. He's making the same um, mistakes that he's been making. He's going through the nose. He's leaving big splits. Uh, he just, you know, completely, you got, you know, you fell for him for a little bit, Mike. He led the tournament by God knows whatever it was, 400 pins plus, and then gets up and bowls 160 in the final to a one-sided blowout. You had to feel for him a little bit, Mike. Had to. 
I don't know. I don't, to be honest with you, because after watching A.J. Johnson and after watching what happened in the Simo Belmo match, where they went to the Wolverine that's like super, super responsive, and right. then he switches to the reality that's nowhere near as responsive and it looks so much better. To come out and throw that venom shock on that pair after that, to me, is inexcusable. It's well, inexcusable. Didn't, I, didn't I don't AJ Johnson make the same mistake? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I it's know. the same ball company. So, like, but how does somebody say- not go to him and say, yo, you you can't throw that ball on this pair. You, you got to throw something else. We got to figure something out here. We got to get something that's not going to be as – over under as responsive, uh, you know, in the back of the lane, something that's going to tame it down. That's going to look more like that reality that Simo is throwing. And listen, I don't care what you used all week. The, the bowling in the stepladder on the show, it might as well be a tournament in and of itself. Stuff. Cause you got five guys, you got extended practice. You got different people coming and going from the pair practicing at different times. You got a lot of balls going down the lane, a lot of different balls going down the lane. You got the TV lights on, you got the colored oil. You want any more differences? Is that enough differences for you? It might as well be a different tournament. So if you use the one ball all week, honestly, that means nothing when you get on the TV pair. Here's the thing: is is Your, the venom, Jeff is saying that the venom yeah, shock is not a very fast. Right, look, it doesn't I, I don't. Matter. I'm not going to argue care. semantics here. What I mean is that it's the ball it's a didn't very work for aggressive ball off the spot. It is very aggressive off the spot. It is. It is. I, I've very had angular. one. I drilled one. That ball is very angular. It's okay. an amazing ball, Mike. I it love is an the ball. It's one of the best it bowling is. balls ever made. Let's be clear. It's it one is. of the best bowling balls ever made. It is. No but question the, about that. Look, there was. You're 100% right because AJ did. You know, look like he had a great look. I was commenting when we were doing the live commentary about how I I didn't like that choice of ball. But look, after you saw what happened with Belmo, who switched out of a pitch black to a really fast responsive ball. And then how Anthony Simonson was using a fastball like a Wolverine and then kind of switched back to a reality, which I think is a little bit earlier, maybe a stronger earlier, ball in general. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but stronger, it, it but... smooths it out. It smooths yes, it out a little yes. bit, right? Um, and then AJ should have kind of, you know, look, like how, like we said, hindsight's twenty twenty. But look, like that's where we're here. We're here to be critical of the, the decisions that these pros are making, right? And I am very critical of the decision that uh, – Tackett decided to go with a Venom shot. He switched to a different ball in the ninth, 10 frame, whatever that was. I forgot. Someone told me it looked better. It looked smoother. It looked like he was able to make a little bit more mistakes. Um, he stayed in that ball way too long, but Simo came out firing because Simo just came off of throwing a triple, switching balls, had new life. Mike, he had new life. Tackett made a completely wrong decision using that ball. And you know what? He, he started with it. And then he couldn't catch up after that. And that was the end, really, end of the match. Chris Chris Lutz in the chat says, a pro and his rep should be able to identify a bad ball matchup after a shot or two. Figuring it out after an entire game is amateur. Uh, I, what that makes me think, Chris, is like that's why Storm is as good as they are. Because they, they don't, you know, they get it right. Like, they get it right. It also helps that you have time. Belmo and Simonson. It too, does. Like it does. Like, they also have guys behind them that are that are really setting them up the, the right way to do the right things and, and be successful. I would have loved to see if Belmo would have not switched to such a high responsive ball like a Wolverine, if he would have kind of like met in the middle. Between, I think his issue was the fact where he went from a urethane, which was on the low end of like a, a urethane that's really, really tame, to a super high responsive ball like a Wolverine. 
I would have loved to see him pull out something in the middle, maybe even like a trend two or even something maybe that was a little bit earlier and stronger, maybe asymmetrical like a Nova. Um, you know, but hey, look, man, that's what we're here for to be critical. These guys, you know, are, are the pros. So you that's why like I love doing said. this podcast. This, see, okay. this is what bowling needs. Like it needs this, 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 uh, this talk, this analyzation, this kind of deep thought about player decisions, etc. Uh, Kevin Roth of in the chat saying this would have been a good spot for best two out of three five frame games for the title. I don't know about the five frame games. Uh, best two out no. of three. All right, I hear you on that. But again, like the step ladder is basically like a different tournament at this point with all the factors. So, like, if I tell you you're going to bowl a tournament, you only got to bowl one game to win, and somebody else has to bowl four. You know, you're 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 going to want to bowl one. So, yeah. I, I don't I don't know there. All yeah, right, Rob, we got the rundown for the people. We did we ran the ladder, Rob. We did we ran it the ladder. ladder. That's it. Me and you, we run the ladder every week. That's what we do here at Sweep the Rack. We run the ladder. All right, Rob, where are we going next? Are people at home playing with us? Are you guys playing with us? Yeah, here? well, we got to give a category here. All right. So we're doing ride. You want, let's do ride with him and not – well, ride with him. Not Who's riding, riding with me? Who's not riding with me? Who's riding with me? Who's not riding with me? Who Who do you want to ride to the next event with? Who do you not want to ride to the next event with? All right, let's, let's do – and people in the chat, feel free to get involved here. Uh, Rob, who do you not want to ride with to the next event? Uh, honestly, like – Maybe it's an obvious choice, but I, I'm going to stay away from Belmo. I'm, I don't want to ride. I don't want to ride back with Belmo because I, I feel like Belmo is going to be questioning that ball decision, regardless if he says in public that he would make that same decision twice. I guarantee you, if you sign a car with him by yourself and you really talk to him about that ball decision, I guarantee you that he's not. You're not going to want to ride with him because he's not going to be happy that he made that decision. Oh, mate. Mate, I've made the wrong decision, mate. Oh, <laughs> I shouldn't. I that's should've a terrible Australian bitch black mate. Oh, that's terrible. The whole ride. EJ was the that's obvious choice. That's probably what Bill had to hear the whole ride. Bill was probably like inching up the volume on the on the Jay Z, like all probably. the way, little little by little, like until we probably drowned the drowned. You know, when EJ was the obvious choice, and I, I don't know who you selected, but I kind of went EJ. a little bit out of the box. Yeah, yeah. All right, so e, e, yeah, EJ's the obvious choice, but here's my yes. choice. Does Motive have like a caravan? Does Motive have like a bus that they, you know, all the Motive guys get on and drive to the next tour? Because I'll be honest know. with you, that's who I don't want to ride with to this next event. You want to okay? ride with it? The- Not just EJ. I don't want to ride with the Motive caravan. Okay, okay. I don't. I don't want to ride Why? on the Motive bus. Well, because you had two shots. You had two horses in the race, and it didn't go well at all for either horse. Both horses, like, had to be euthanized out on the track. All right, uh, and they had a great they had a great tournament as a company, though they did. They, they, they really both did. used the same ball, okay, which is like they six both years used old. The same ball, right? And you know, just all things considered, just not a great day. I just don't. I don't really want to ride on the motive bus home to the next yeah. event. I'm sorry. I do I do feel like the motive uh value stock went up. Like if I US Open. if I was if I was on team motive, I I would like I'd sneak over to this team storm bus and be like, "Yo, can you can you guys fit me in the luggage rack or something? Can you just stick me underneath and I'll ride in there to the next event? I really don't want to get on this bus. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a terrible ride." You know. So, I don't know. 
Okay. Plus, if you're on the motive bus, I'd imagine that you have purple venom shocks just stacked everywhere around you, right? They're just everywhere. Like they're in the over, they're in the overhead bins. They're underneath the seats. You Dude, open the you open take you shit. open the bathroom door and it's stacked with venom shocks in the bathroom. I was gonna say it's gonna toilet paper is a venom shock. No, you, no, you can't even get into the bathroom. They're stacked floor to ceiling in the bathroom too. Seriously, like you, we can never have too many of these. Okay, you Not open up problem. the bottom of the bus to put your luggage in and it's just straight venom shocks all all, all all down all in the back. Oh, Dude, it's like. It's like, dude, I need a ball for the fresh. Oh, Joe Pavetta shock. I need a ball for the burn. Joe Pavetta shock. Oh, I need a ball for the transition. Dude, just stand down that venom shock. Like, you're good, man. That's pretty much what what it is these days. Oh, geez. All right. Great. Next category. Oh, no, we got to do riding with. Ride with. Ride with. So I would really want to ride with Jillian Martin after this tournament, Mike. Mm, Interesting choice. She made it through the PTQ. And then she well, finished. Her, you'd be riding with her and her dad. Her dad, right? She okay. finished a spot ahead of Pete Weber. Okay, and she's what seventeen. Um, and she made it through PTQ. She beat almost half the field in the U.S. Open as a female seventeen-year-old. Mike, this girl is no joke. She is legit. Okay, there is no, there is no doubt about it. If she stays on course, she is going to win a lot of women and. Men tournaments, Mike. Um, so I want to ride with Jillian Martin to see what her reaction is when we talk to her about finishing above one of the greatest players of all time. Obviously, a former Pete's getting old, right? You know, he's not the same baller as he was in his prime, but that's still amazing feat for a 17 year old, Mike, especially a, a woman female bowler. I mean, I felt like Simo was the obvious choice here, you know, yeah, but this obvious. is not what we like, want to do here. I, like, know, I don't want to be obvious, the winner, right? We're not picking yeah. the winner, so. I would choose to ride to the next event with Matt Kuba. Kuba. Kuba, okay. I Listen. Kuba. Kuba, Kuba. I don't even really know Kuba, to be honest with you. I but love like, the last name, though. I would if, call him Kuba. If, if he was packing up and I was around the bowling alley and he was like, hey, you want to ride with me in the next event? I probably would have been like, all right. I mean, he just he had a great week. You know, top 24 U.S. Open, you know, kind of breakout performance, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Okay. Julian uh, Martin's real deal. You know, definitely Kuba, huh? Matt Kuba would be a choice. I love that name. I, yo, if I if my last name was Kuba, I wouldn't even tell people I had a first name. Yo, I'd be like Kuba. Like Kramer Koops. was in Seinfeld. Kubes. I'm Kuba. It's a great Dude, don't worry about Koops. anything else. Just call me Kuba. All right, Mike. Kuba the Grand Puba. <laughs> Kuba. All right, let's I love it. Let's go. Who's gonna win the gold medal for the dumpster diving, Mike? Oh, Rob. We have a same. Yeah, it's guest. gonna be the same person, I think. Dude, it should be. Sorry. There's only Jacob. one choice. Yeah, it's Jacob Buttriff, right? It, it's it's Jacob Buttriff. <laughs> it's Jacob Buttriff. Yo, oh, poor guy, man. He's not having a good start to the year, man. Um, but you know what the thing about Jacob Buttriff is? He'll he'll win a tournament this year. There's no doubt in my mind. Like, regardless of how bad he's bowling. He's the type of player, and he reminds me of uh, Jason Couch when Jason Couch was in his prime. Jason Couch w- would go and finish like a hundredth place in like three straight tournaments, and then he would get one tournament where Butcherf would just go like plus like seven hundred and lead the tournament. So uh, you know, it, look, he's struggling a little bit right now, um, but I feel like he's—you'll he, see—he'll eventually he's going to win one this year uh, yeah, because when he gets it, he gets it. 
listen, everybody goes dumpster diving once in a while. You know? I've lived in the We don't all win years. the gold medal when we go, but we you know yeah. most people yeah. go there once in a while. So yeah. no shame in that, you know. Yeah. All right. I see you, Hoss. So who, who do you see, Hoss? Who I got? Man, I'm going with Jake Peters, dude. I see you, Haas. I see you, Jake Peters. Yo, great start to the year, bro. Tough year. You know, just, you know, having just amazing start to, to his career. Dedicated himself. Yo, in a land yeah, full not, of two-handers. You, you, you misspoke. Not start to the career. Start to the year. He has a title. Start to the year. Sorry. Start to the year, dude. But in a land of two-handers and high rev rates. What up, Liang? Yo, my guy. What up, man? Big ups. Big ups to the junior. What up, junior? Um, yo, like, he's had a great start this year. He's gone through some shit, some really bad shit, right? Tough, tough everything he's going through. Yo, my man's focused. He's dedicated. And he's in a land full of high reverie players. And as a guy who appreciates a traditional one-handed style, man, my guy Jake Peters is coming through. I see you, Jake Peters. That's why, that's why I like that. I see you, Hoss, because, yeah, that's the most impressive thing is that you hear so much talk about how you know your your one handed thumb players can't get it done, et cetera, et cetera. And yo, listen, like Jake Peters is out there making shots and making it happen. So, okay, good one, uh, Kevin McCune. I see you. Yo, Hoss. yo, the the high hard one, Hoss. the high yo, hard one. Yo, on that second block pattern, that thirty seven foot flat pattern. Yeah, he yo, he, he my man was throwing bombs, bombs. I mean, yo, like fastballs, bro, crazy. Yo, isn't it like, funny? I was like, my goodness, like he ain't leaving nothing behind on that. But isn't it funny how like he look? He's the style to his dad is so similar, man. Like it's just so scary in a way. He's right? he's he's like I, I mean he throws I think he throws it better than his dad. His well, balance he does. is much better. He does. His, it is his, better, his but it's form so is similar. Much better. His swing is much better. But it's so but similar. In Mike. terms of not leaving anything back, yeah, get mm-hmm. you on that. It's Follow so, you there. It's so crazy how similar his style is when you watch him compared to his father. It really is similar. But yo, um, Kevin McCune, I see you, Hoss. Wait till Cheetah when he's be able to Ooh. bomb the gutter. He's gonna Ooh. bomb him. Dang. Um, what did I say on the tweet? I said uh, Kevin McCune gonna be bombing short patterns for thirty more years. <laughs> like, yeah, no I doubt. said uh, I said Kevin McCune fun to watch. Yo, yo I, saw him throw, I was like, yo, this I guy's fun to watch. He I love was, watching. Fun to watch. And I love watching like, Eugene Ball, man. He he. So I saw him fireballing, <laughs> and then later he made the top twenty-four. Later in the event, I see him slow hooking and playing in. Ooh. And I'm like, Ooh. oh, man, man has game. Man has Added versatility dimension. a little bit. Could you imagine Eugene so, McCune slow hooking and then going up the gutter? No. Ooh. Yo, Eugene McCune could slow hook, yo. He could, but he wasn't good at it. You'd never see him make no, a show no, slow hooking. No, he hooking. can, though. I've seen him win a tournament slow hook. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Yeah, like from in, in. You know, Eugene McCune could do a lot with a bowling ball. So, what up, yeah, Anthony? Hope all is well, bro. Not That's my guy, man, Anthony. Um, all right, milk Spare carton. Shooter. No, milk, milk carton. carton. We're going milk carton. Milk carton. I'm going out of the box here. No pun intended with the milk carton, Mike. 
So the milk car, in case anybody's wondering what this is, is somebody who you might have haven't heard from in a, in a while, right? And you see their name in the name. standings, and you're, and you're like, like, oh, oh, oh they were on out. the milk cart, and they're back. Solomon Salema. Oh, okay. You know the last time we heard his name, right? I believe he was Junior winning junior gold, golds. Probably. Yeah. Yep. Yo, man. It's good to see him bowling. Uh, we expect big things from Solomon. Honestly, you know, you, you you set yourself up for high expectations when you win a big a big junior tournament like that. And word on the street is he's a great, you know, great bowler. Obviously, he has to be to win that tournament. So there's, you know, good to see his name out there. Milk Carton. Charlie Brown Jr. Charlie Brown Jr. Charlie Brown Jr. Oh, I haven't Charlie heard that name Brown in a while, was like a name on tour for a minute, you know. Yeah. Charlie Brown won the Masters. Did he not? Is that what he won? He won the Masters, didn't he? I have to no? look it up. I'm sure you'll get corrected sometime in this. What did he win? Somebody in the chat tell me. I know I know he Charlie had a great Brown. Win, mm, right? Mm, mm, mm. He was a name for a minute. He didn't he hear him for a little while. Back, I saw his name there. He bowled pretty well, bowled decent. I mean, I know he's kind of from the area where uh, Mike where was taking place, sort of. So, Mike, Charlie, maybe Brown one day I'll make the Milk Carton Award. Maybe, maybe you will, Rob. Maybe you maybe. will. That would be that would be great. It'd be a great That'd accomplishment. Great. All right, spare Shuta, spare Shuta. Sorry, I'm, I'm piling on EJ Tackett already oh, on all geez. the um, man. After you don't that like last to game, spare ball either, huh? Man, after that last game, that finals, when he missed that spare to just really like, you just he just wanted to. You could just see him. You just he just wanted to disappear. You know who I he was wanted... thinking about winning the Masters? I'm sorry, I was thinking about John Nolan. Oh, John Nolan. John That's my Nolan. guy, man. That's my guy, thinking, John Nolan. I, I apologize. I was thinking about John Nolan. You're right, Shep. Charlie Brown was a runner-up in a in an animal pattern. You're right. He didn't win. But nonetheless, was a name. He was around. He was like throwing it decent for a little while there. All right, Rob. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, true. John Nolan used to bowl. He bowled me Saginaw Valley. Okay, that's my guy, man. Won that Masters. My spare shooter is Thelma for missing the three six ten. Oh yeah, he it's, missed the three six ten. Oh, that was you a know, complete sweep the rack cloud, Mike. Because I, I know, up a, a I know, and Fagan Twitter. mentioned how he didn't like to spare and all. It's like, but Dude, Fagan's Australian accent is fucking spot on, by the way. <laughs> yeah, much better than mine, that's for sure. Uh, so bad season for spares, Robert. I completely agree. This has been an awful, awful yeah, showing from the from the. You know, kind of shocking to see him miss a spare like that. So I give him the spare shoot, Mike. Back. If odds, if Fox Bet was to make odds on a spare being missed on the tour right now, the odds would be like minus six hundred, minus a thousand, like on the show. That's how bad the spare shooting is. Prior two years, I would say it's probably a 50-50 shot or even a little bit towards like a, a more of a, a underdog odds. Now it's a huge, it's a huge favorite. It's easily minus five hundred to minus thousand of a, of a pro missing a spare this. Spares don't seem like to be as important as they used to be. See, this is why they need betting in live time. Because then you could, like, you wouldn't have to bet on every spare, but it would be like, all right, I think he's going to miss this one. I can sense it, and you can you can push all in right. on that one, you know. 
the bet the betting needs to get there. Betting needs to needs to get improved. All right. That's it. That's our wrap for the tournament. That's all right. We hope you guys we hope you guys enjoyed our US Open wrap up. Okay. Uh Rob, do we want to do we want to talk about today's event or do we want to go worst of the week first? Um let's just talk a little bit about today's event because I know people are fresh off it. Quick, we'll, we'll yeah, talk so more about it probably next week. A little we bit are. More. We're, we're gonna we're gonna do our wrap up for both this event that ended today and the next event that's coming up next Wednesday, right? So the same uh, wrap up process we just used for the first two tournaments, we're gonna use for both of these tournaments next week. But we figured, you know what? Since the step ladder ended right before we came on the air, uh, we might as well talk about it a little bit. Go ahead, Rob. What do you think? I think. That I really gave uh, Yesver the um, the horseshoe by putting him on the milk carton, or what did I? What did I put him on? He won an award last week because he didn't bowl, or did I? Did I? No, I don't think I put him on. No, 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 no. I was going to, but he missed the event, right? He missed the um. God, what event did he? Did he bowl the U.S. Open, Mike? I don't think he bowled the U.S. Open, right? Yesver Swenson. No, I don't think so. So this was his first event of the year. Or was it the players that he skipped? It was one of them. It might have been the players. Yeah, I think it was the, it was players. the players. It was the players. But yes, for Svensson ended up winning. Um, he pretty much averaged like 260. Uh, the scores were through the roof. Um, and, yeah, so shots to Jesper, man. Congrats, bro. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be a, a tough to deal with this year if the, if the shot stays like this. Uh, he's tough to beat on a high-scoring pattern, Mike. He really is. He's he's. If the scores are high, he's always in there. The guy is a striking machine when he has it, and when they're easy, he's one of the best in the world. And you know they were high scoring. I felt like a lot. The people imagine going from the U.S. Open to this. The pocket must have felt like it was literally like three feet big. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah, I mean. We'll talk more about what happened or, or the details with both tournaments next week. But if anybody was wondering, yes, did end up winning. Yeah, if he he yo he's tough yo. Like if he's the number one seed and you're you know you're gonna bowl him, like you you better be you better be bringing your A game. Yeah, I don't know what he was using, Mike. You you were watching more of the flow than I was. You it was know hard was to using? tell. It was Probably hard. To tell. It was either the it was either the pitch black or it was that blue urethane ball. Oh, the pitch blue or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know which the fast one. pitch. Was, the fast yeah, pitch. Yeah, yeah. Fast pitch is okay, that what it is. Yeah, it was it, it was one or the other. Um, I I tweeted out during this week's event while while Jesper was averaging two seventy for a block. Uh, you know, I wonder if, if when Jesper's averaging two seventy using. Uh, the Storm Urethane lineup of balls, if he looks around and says, oh, man, I really wish I could throw that purple hammer. He'd average like 290. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's so much. Just wanted to bring it up and mention. Um, that's right. Sayreville Bombers weren't missing. You weren't getting in my uh, starting lineup. We're bringing up high school spares. bowling. You right. weren't getting in my starting lineup if you couldn't make spares. Please make those All spares, right, kids. You, you, you ready? You ready for Let's what go. the people want? Let's do it. All right, Rob, you can go because I have I, I have so many this, sure. this week. I don't even. So we, we had two different people reach out with the same post, uh, which was – 
for the gift that keeps on giving the USPC Bowlers Discussions Forum. Tim, <laughs> Tim I forgot about this. Yo, Tim I Buck. forgot about this from this week. Oh my God. Tim this Buck. dude, this dude is, you know, this dude is just over, overboard, yo. Seriously. Yo, Tim Buck, you can keep us away from the message boards. You can ban all of us. You can ban everybody. But we still have people watching. We still have people sending us shit. My post is from Andrew Williams, who posted on the USBC Bowls discussion forum. To bowl in a PBA regional, it says you have to have a 200 average for 21 games. Does this mean you have to have and maintain an average of 200 over 21 games or have to have bowled 21 games and get your average to 200? Andrew, I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and saying if you if this is what you're worried about to bowl regional, you probably shouldn't bowl. Um, I'm just throw. I'm just throwing that out there, man. Like you're probably not ready to bowl these regionals. You're probably gonna go there, and it's good experience. I get it. But you're not having. What, you're probably not gonna have a good experience though. No, you need to probably bowl a little bit more sport leagues, amateur events. Work yourself up instead of just jumping into the regional circuit, which if you're averaging around 200 right now, you're probably going to struggle. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. Unless it's a 200 on a sport league, which I doubt. from that. But congratulations. State. You won worst of the week. Hey, man. Dude, not everybody wins worst of the week. So, Speaking of worst of the week, Rob, folks, this is not a marketing ploy. Worst of the week rosin bags are nearly sold out. They are nearly sold out. You heard some people in the chat commenting earlier that the good bags, delivery man. is quick and the, their quality product. These Somebody popped bags. in and said said they won a sweeper this weekend after getting their honor bag. scores. This is what happens? Okay, guaranteed wins and honor scores. Guaranteed. Money in your money in your pocket from purchasing this rosin bag. Okay, it's better than buying a bowling ball. All right, and much cheaper too, but not a marketing ploy. Worst of the week, rosin bags are running out. So if you want to get yours, hit us up. Go to once the they're out, they're going to be out, Mike. I think they're out. They're never. They're never coming back. Limited edition. Worst Limited. of the week, rosin bags are never coming back. If you got one already, don't lose that, John. Hold on. Save to it. it. It's only Save going it. up in value. Okay. You see me in a bowling tournament? I'll autograph it for you. You too. might think that a rosin bag depreciates in value. But not to sweep the rack worse of the week, Rosin. It bag. actually increases. It in actually value. increases in value as time goes on, yep. okay. and your rev rate goes up too. Literally, like your oh, rev that's rate. Act- will- that's actually a good idea, Rob. We should talk to Jeff Lindemuth about that. It oh, sh- there should a be a coming fuse from stuck it? into the bag. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. it will it's raise your average. You'll get more honor scores. You'll win more tournaments. Sweep the rack, Rosenberg. Robert Hamilton will attest to the fact that this is a quality product. Testimonials, people. Testimonials. All right. Okay. Oh, Chris Lutz, Mr. X will never get his own rosin bag. No. He should. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, Robert is asking, what will help you more, drilling a ball for the tourney or getting a rosin bag? There's no doubt. No brainer. It's the rosin bag. Get get two rosin bags. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get a you urethane get, rosin bag. You can get five rosin bags and yeah. still be well under the quarter of a cost for a good bowling ball, dude. Okay, you could switch off every two frames to a new rosin bag. Keep your hand really dry instead of switching balls. Switch rosin switch bags. Rosin bags. 
Okay. <laughs> Try that. It. All right. I love that. We're going to use that. Okay. Worst of the week. Sorry. Got to go to my phone. Yeah, you get a pull. Here we go. Okay. Since 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 anyone who's a fan of Sweep the Rack or is associated to us in any way is banned from the USBC discussion boards at this point, I take my worst of the week from the Hammer Bowling message boards. This is a post by Craig Johnson. Craig, congratulations! You won worst of the week this week. I hope word gets back to you. If you're watching this, congrats, bro. Email Sweep the Rack at Gmail. Here's the post. What can I do? To get my purple urethane to hook more. <laughs> that was this fucking gag. <laughs> I bought <laughs> I bowl on a typical house shot for league. Oh. I am left-handed. Oh. Hold on, hold on. This gets better. Starting position is two boards to the right of the center dot going over the second arrow. My ball is a 13-pound ball. I usually start out with some good action. But that is usually gone after about 10 throws. Oh, this is where we're at. This is where we're Rob, at, bowling, bro. You took the words right out of my mouth, bro. That's why I made it the worst of the week because this is worst of the week because it shows us where we're at. It shows us where we're at in bowling, right? That somebody like, what's this dude's name? Craig Johnson will go out, Buy purchase thing. a purple hammer, then stand at 22 looking at 10 on a house shot, which basically means you are standing in the soup and throwing it in the soup. And he will then observe that the ball only hooks for about 10 frames, not knowing that, well, you know, your thing's going to lessen the hook on the lane no matter what you're bowling on, let alone on a house shot when you're standing in the soup, dragging it all the way down the lane. Mike, here's the bigger uh, situation. The bigger situation is one he's he's trying to fix his issue, right? Because how to change ball. with a bowling ball. Mm-hmm. The other issue is the fact where the pro shop people who drilled that ball failed them. They failed them because Probably. Mike, if I was working in the pro shop and this guy walked in and said, "Hey, I'm bowling on that the house shot Tuesday night. I'm bowling at six thirty. Like I want to drill a your a purple hammer for the for for league." My first thing as a as a as a as an ed, as a training or education to the as to the person say, you probably want to drill a performance ball for a house slot. Like, you want to drill performance, a mid performance, maybe a Storm Nova, maybe a, a you know whatever it is, a Widow Ghost. I don't know whatever some of these new performance like balls. E- even asking the question of like, well, w- what purpose do you have for drilling that ball? Well, it's because everybody's because okay. because they're you know, and I guarantee you, it has nothing to do with. Anything that about his personal well, game, that, it's going to be, you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. So, like, doesn't that doesn't that then open the conversation up to like educating the person about of why course. they don't need that, right? But yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's not the way it goes. Operator you know, like the customer, to, like, the customer comes in and says they want this, and you know, that's what they the get. pro shop operator has got to give 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 some education there. Now, if he's you know, sometimes the people don't want to hear any different. They want the purple hammer because it's the it's the ball that everybody's using on you know it's the ball with the controversy it's the integrity ball it's the all kinds of shit but Mike it's just a it's an it's a pro shop operator fail as well as the bowling of the bowlers not being educated and really what's going on with their ball reaction and how to play him so true all right Rob hit him with it yes sir. It's-
final thoughts here, Rob. We went to super overtime for the people tonight. We did. The people who listen to this audio wise, I hope I you know you're going to appreciate this. You got some some extra listening pleasure here today. Mike, this weekend I am going to the PGA Golf uh, version of Bayside Bowl, Portland, Maine. Waste Management I, Open. I will be at the Waste Management Open. I got tickets from work. Um, and my, I told my father, who's never seen a PGA Golf event in person, I got him a ticket. He's flying in. I'm going Saturday and to see what the hype is about. Um, to experience the Portland, Maine Bayside Bowl of the PGA, the Wayside Management Open. I will try to get some Instagram photos uh, and Instagram videos to show the people what it is. But, uh, yeah, that's my final thoughts. It should be a good time. Uh, you know, it is, it's cool just to be able to see my dad and see him experience the PGA event for the first time. So, Cool. Have fun. Have a good time. Yes. Super Bowl Sunday. Oh yeah, Super Bowl. Super Bowl How's the spread, Mike? How's the spread gonna look? Oh, spread's gonna spread's gonna look outrageous. Man, I wish course. I lived close to you, man. I would never. I would would never be. I would be always over your house eating. I mean, it's Super Bowl. It's like my big last hurrah of the football season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, nah, Super Bowl Sunday. A lot of bets, a lot of action, a lot of props, a lot of uh, sixteen pools. Um, so yeah, I'm hype. I'm hyped for the weekend. I got great tax tournament Saturday. I got the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, you know, looking good. Weekend's looking good. Uh, who you like in the Super Bowl, Rob? Who you got? I'm go, man. I, I'm with Joe Burrow, man. I am with Joe Burrow right now, man. I think the Rams have a better team, and I think the Rams are built to win right now with Von Miller and uh, you know, um Jalen Ramsey, uh, and you know, all the money they spent for this year, Odell Beckham, they're built, the Rams are built to win this year. But man, I I, I think the Bengals are just an interesting team, man. Like, you know, with the with the points, I'll probably, you know, pick them with the points. So I like I, the Rams I, here. I know, I, I like know the Rams I, here. I, I mean, know, I, I, know. I just think they're the better team. I think. From the moment they are the better team. Matt, from the moment Matthew Stafford got traded, everyone kind of felt like, yeah, this is a possible Super Bowl team, and now they are the only uh, possible you know team that people were talking about before the season started that's still standing. And you know they, ha- I think they're going to have more talent on the field. They do. You know, if if well, the Bengals take if the Bengals take away Cooper Cup, you know, and Odell Beckham is able to have a good game and he has good been playing really well. You know, I could I could even picture Odell Beckham, uh, Odell Beckham possibly being the MVP. I like that. I like that as a non-quarterback MVP pick. Anyway, um, you know, here's another, my, here's another my prop. Another week. prop that I'll give the people is uh, something that I heard this week that I really like is the shortest field goal will be twenty-seven yards or more. Okay, I like that. Here's my lock. Bet under on everything Jamar Chase this week. Okay. Dude, he's gonna have Jalen Ramsey all over his ass, bro. He's not, he's not gonna, he's, he's yeah, gonna but get, much he's, but much like Cooper Cup, he seems to be one of those guys that regardless of how teams defend him, he he finds a way to get the ball. He finds a way to be effective. 
I, I, I think they're going to lock him up. I, I'm going to put the under on, on, on anything Jamar Chase, and I feel like Burrow too is going to is going to have a tough is going to have a tough day. The pass rush is just always it's just way dude. If the Bengals couldn't control um, who they, they they think he got sacked like ten or eleven times against um, who they played in the first round, the Bengals, Titans, Titans. What is what is Von Miller and Aaron Donald going to do to him? Dude, yeah, but again, they seem to be, be a long day. Yeah, we'll see. I'm you hoping know, for a good we'll game. See. Hoping for a good game. Yeah. All right, sure. Rob. Uh, we appreciate all the people joining us. Yeah, That's overtime. Overtime. Sweep the rack. It's how we do around here. U.S. Open week. You know, you, you know, we want to get into it. Uh, Rob, have a great week. Enjoy the golf tournament with your dad. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, I'll be bowling the tournament. Super Bowl as well. Uh, hit us up at on Gmail. Sweep the rack at Gmail. Hit us up on Twitter at the two one fifth. He's at uh, Brooklyn Rob eleven. Uh, I'll be tweeting about the Greg Tack tournament this weekend. Uh, so if you want to hear how I'm doing, you can follow me on there. Uh, everybody, yo, have a great week. All right. If you want to get your worst of the week rosin bag and you haven't ordered it yet, definitely order it. Uh, Rob, Rob, we're still working behind the scenes, Rob. Try We're still working behind the scenes for the people. We, you know, we we're we're not stopping. We're not stopping. We got we got some heat coming for y'all. So hit that subscribe button. Please hit that subscribe button. All right. Please, because, even if you uh, don't watch it on YouTube, if you have a Gmail account, if you have five Gmail accounts, hit the subscribe button five times. I'm really please. trying to get the subscriptions up. Would be great. I love you, we people. Appreciate I it. Appreciate it. All right, folks. Have a great week. We'll see y'all. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.